All right. Well, welcome to week number one of our series. We're calling Summer Psalms. And what we're looking at is the Psalms, and we're looking at just really the opportunity to hear refreshing words from the Scripture. And for those of you uh, that are just tuning in to watch, I'm fighting a little bit in my throat, so if I take a drink today, you just lean over and get some water too. Amen? All right. All right. This is a tough one. All right. So in this series, uh, we are looking at some refreshing words that God has for us, and uh, and I'm just believing God's going to refresh us this summer. A lot's been going on in a lot of people's lives, and so I, I'm just believing for that. Now, the book of Psalms is a, great, is a great book. It's probably, for most people who read the Bible, it's one of their go-to books. But I want to give you a little background information. Um, the Psalms is one of two books that has multiple writers. God's the author, but he had people write it down, right? And so the other book is, is Proverbs. There's 50 Psalms that are not attributed to any specific writer. Many were written by David, a couple uh, by his son Solomon. The earliest one, Psalm 90, was written by Moses in about 1400 BC. The latest one, Psalm 137, was written about uh, during the Babylonian exile about 500 BC. And all of those were collected and compiled together by about 200 BC. And, uh, and so many of the Psalms were actually written by worship or temple uh, priests, temple leaders. And so at the introduction, many of them you'll say, sing to, uh, it says either for the choir director or sing to the tune of the lilies, right? Something like that. And so it was really the worship and prayer book of the Israelites in Jesus' time. And so Jesus uh, and, and the people around him would have uh, been uh, familiar, very familiar with this, the, the book of Psalms. And one of the things we love about the Psalms is it depicts so much of the human experience. Turn to somebody and tell them something you've been through this week while I cough and take One of the things I love uh, about our chronological Bible reading plan on our, on our website is the fact that you can read the Bible in the order that it actually happened. And one of the things when you go through a chronological Bible reading plan, you very quickly discover that many of the things that we think were separated, isolated incidents actually heard sim- were uh, operating simultaneously. Amen? Amen? And so one of those examples I want to give you today is from 1 Samuel 19, 11. Would you all read that? All right. Then Saul sent... Good news. Right? You'll be dead by morning if you don't get out of here. Now, there's probably a few wives that have said that. <laughs> but it maybe wasn't to save their lives. All right? But thank God Michael got David out of there. But then when you read Psalms 59, you read this. You all read it. All right? It says, for the choir director, come on. Okay, time out. Y'all are doing great. Thank you. You're amazing. You know, when I, in the church I grew up, this has nothing to do with today's message, and I probably shouldn't even say it, but we used to do responsive reading. 
You ever you go to church like that where the pastor would read the one thing? So I'll preach the message. You preach the scriptures today. How's that? All right, verse 4. All right. Have you ever prayed something like that? Have you ever prayed something like that? I mean, isn't that real? I mean, these people are after me. Get them, God. Get, and with God, where are you, by the way? Get them. Come on. Don't, don't delay. Verse 6. Come on. Y'all read it. Oh, come on. But the Lord, you laugh at them. And that good? You know what you know what that means? When I look down on my enemies, like they're under my foot. I mean, David didn't mince any words here, right? He was, he was, just, he was just so passionate. Oh, you see all the emotion. We've all been through many of those kinds of things. Amen? And so basically what the Psalms are in this particular case is this is David journaling. Now, I'm not a journaler. I wish I was, but I just can't ever make it happen. But David was just journaling what he was experiencing, what was going on, and it was his, his prayer. So I, I just love this, and I love the connection uh, in the Old Testament between the events and what's written in the Psalms. And so with that as a background, I want to jump in today to Psalm 37. And it's like right, you know, there are, there's 150 book, uh, chapters. So um, it's, you know, the first uh, fifth or something there of the book. Um, and this is the 28th anniversary of the church. And the reason I picked Psalm 37 today is because um, we've been through some stuff over the years. Amen. And I've come back to this psalm over and over again over the years. In fact, if you got out my paper Bible, you'd see it was just so much of it is just highlighted because they, it spoke to me. And so Psalm 37 was actually written in the later years of David's life. Where he had, you know, he'd had all these experiences. He'd been through all this stuff. And um, it's actually written in the form of an acrostic with all the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Each verse is, is, starts with one of those letters. And I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to lay it out in that way. So there's 22 different sections of the, of the, of the um, psalm relating to those letters. And so um, it's, it's just an amazing encouragement. How many of y'all been through some stuff? How many of y'all fight through some stuff? Amen? And, and, and so um, some, of you, some of you, I'm, I'm just going to use this time to preach a little bit. Some of you may think, Pastor, you should be at home because you, you're, you're just making this hard on all of us. Here's, here's the thing I've learned. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just be your pastor in, in another sense today. And that is, I don't ever want to give the devil an inch. I will do everything I can to show up and preach because if he can get me out of the pulpit once, he might be able to get me out of it twice. And I don't, I don't want to let that happen. Amen? And you kind of got to have that attitude. You got to have that fight about the things of life. If you're going to make it through some things, you got to just say, ain't nothing going to stop me. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, now, yeah, I'm not contagious, so I'm here. If I was contagious, I wouldn't be here. But, but listen, God's faithful. 
I work my whole week to, to plan it out and try to get healthy enough to be here. And, th and that's how we live our lives. We just live to put God first. Amen. And if you do that, you're going to see the truth of this uh, passage uh, come, come true in your life as well. And so if there was to be one word that I would use for, to sum up Psalm 37, I would sum it up this way, perspective. Perspective. And the thing about life is many times we're going through stuff and we don't have a perspective on it. We don't, we don't have the right view of it. We don't quite see it in the right way. And the challenge becomes to kind of get the right perspective. And in David's case, the winning, the, the wicked seem to be winning. What do you need? Some perspective. When you wonder where God is and what, what advice he would give you in tough times, Psalm 37 offers perspective. It offers answers. When we're trying to figure out what to do, what to focus on in the busyness of life, the perspectives of Psalm 37 have helped me tremendously, and I pray that they're going to help you not only this morning, but in the days ahead. So let's begin with some perspectives of the wicked. Now, that's not a word we use very often, is it? The for David, it was really clear. They weren't good people and bad people. They were, it was just the godly and the wicked. It wasn't a bunch of gray. It was just the godly and the wicked. And so he gives us some interesting perspectives here on the wicked. The first one is the wicked soon wither. Amen. They're soon gone. Many times we're just concerned about it, what everybody else is doing or what's going on. They're not going to be here forever. Psalm 37.1, don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. Young people, don't try to be like those who do wrong. Don't try. It, it, for, like the grass, they soon fade away. They may be the greatest social media influencer in the world, but they're going to soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. So when a coworker does the wrong things, don't worry about it. Don't, don't, they're going to wither. When, when, when they do the wrong things and they still get promoted, just let it go. Just let it go. It, it, God's got this. When those who seem to hate God are getting ahead, they're going to soon wither. Just hang on. Just keep going. They're going to fade away. Verse 10 continues the thought. Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you learn for, look for them, they will be gone. The lowly will possess the land and will live in what? Peace and prosperity. In other words, he's saying don't let the wicked steal your peace. If there's one thing that's happened in the last few years, the wicked have been stealing some peace. Yeah. Don't let them steal your peace. And, you know, it, and the other thing about this, these verses, it tells us, knowing that the wicked will fade away, don't get proud. Stay humble. Don't say, well, you know, we're good. No, 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 don't do, don't do all that. Stay humble and just keep going. Here's the second thing I see in this passage and perspectives on the wickeds. On the wicked is the plans of the wicked will hurt, hurt them the most. They got it out for you, but it's what they're planning is going to be worse for them. Amen. So the work of those who hate God and, and us, that can cause us a lot of pain. That can cause us a lot of trouble, right? But remember what verse 12 says here. But the wicked plot against the godly, they snarl at them in defiance. By the way, you can see that in the news. There's a lot of snarling going on right now. Look at the Lord's reaction, verse 13. But the Lord... He just laughs. Can I just tell you, God's not stressed out by it all. 
for he sees their day of judgment coming. The wicked draw their swords and string their bows to kill the poor and the oppressed, to slaughter those who do right, but their swords will stab their own hearts and their bows will be broken. Just, just get a perspective. It's going to hurt them the most. So we need to have a perspective on the w- wicked, but even more than that, we need to have the right perspectives from God. From God. So let me give you several here. First of all, and it's a big one. It's a big one right now in our lives, and it's, a big, it's been a big one over the years, but here's the first one. God takes care of the godly. He's going to take care. Turn to somebody and say, if you're godly, tell them, if you're godly, he's going to take care of you. It's so true. And we started meeting 28 years ago, the first Sunday of June. We, did, we were clueless. I mean, we were really clueless as pastors. We, did, we, didn't, we loved people. We loved Jesus. And, you know, that's all you need, right? Well, it's a good start. So we were meeting in a hotel starting in June. Who starts a church in June? Nobody starts a church in June. We did, all right? And the hotel, after about a year, they started doing rent. I mean, literally, 28 years ago, the first Sunday in June, I, we, had, we had a little Camry, and I loaded two little clip speakers and, and a couple stands in my car, a little soundboard, and we headed down to the hotel room at, at what is now the Crown Plaza in Greens Point, and we had our first service. The worship was a keyboard on the, on the, the, the at that time it was the Hotel Sofitel podium. It was bad. <laughs> but we started. The Lord was faithful. Soon they started doing renovations, got opened another hotel for us, and then we, had a, we got a lease into a bad space, but we did it anyway. And, uh, and, and then when our lease was up, we were like, where are we going to go? We don't want to go back to a hotel. What are you going to do, God? He opened up another lease space. And then, and then as that lease space was going on, then all of a sudden, in one month, our giving dropped 50%. Just, I, want you, I want you to experience something for a moment. Tomorrow, your paycheck drops 50%. And you got, you got five people on staff. So you're not the one getting paid. You've got to keep them going, right? We're like, man, what's God going to do? But God worked it all out, moved us to another place, got us here. And you know, you know what my reaction, what's your reaction when those kinds of things happen? How many of you get angry? Where's my angry people? How many of you ever said something to God you wish you hadn't said? Me. I did it one time standing on a metal ladder in a, in a thunderstorm. <laughs> Not wise. He's faithful. He's faithful. Where's the people get frustrated? How many, how many of you get impatient? Oh, yeah, that, I can do that one all day. How many of you struggle with comparison? You know that wicked person over there? They just got it. And we're over here serving you, God. And come on, anybody ever been down that path? Mm -hmm. I've been down all of those. Look at verse 16. It is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and rich. Man, young people, older people, any people, get that in you. Rich is not the goal. Godly's the goal. 
For the strength of the wicked will be shattered, but the Lord takes care of the godly. Day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent, and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. Now, I know we don't like it, but sometimes God's care is literally day by day. I mean, we wanted a paycheck at a time, a week at a time, a year at a time, something like that. But day by day, we want the big plan, but God wants our hearts. Verse 19, why don't you read this one? They will not be disgraced. Read it with me. In hard times. Wicked borrow and never repay. Some of you just exceeded your Bible reading of the whole last month. I'm here to help. But isn't that good news? You'll not be disgraced in hard times. Isn't that what we fear sometimes? Man, if we keep doing what God's told us to do and things keep happening, we're, we're just going to be disgraced. It's just going to be, it's going to be a terrible thing. No, you're not going to be disgraced in hard times. Amen. God's going to see you through. And so uh, there, there were times we were desperate financially. I told you about the 50% and we would just go s- sow a seed in another ministry. We just so out of that need because we were believing God to do great things. Here's the thing. God's watching and God knows. Amen. Amen? So as, as, as we get our perspectives aligned with God, we also see here's the second thing, that God guides the godly. Amen. You're going through a hard time? He's going to guide you. Verse 23, would you read that? Isn't that good? The Lord, what's that word? Directs. He's going to direct you. He's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. And he, look at this, delights. Do you know the Lord delights in your life? When you're living for him, when you're, he just delights in your life. Turn to somebody and say, the Lord delights in me. By the way, that's a great perspective changer. Some of you think God's angry at you. And you think that every time you get out of line, every time God's ready, he's just going to smack you down. And that's why you're going through the hard time you're going through because God's mad at you. And God, God just ain't, no, no, he delights. If you're trying to live for him, he delights in the details of your life. And if you stumble, you're never going to, you may stumble, but you won't fall. You ever tripped and not fallen? Those are the best kinds of trips. For the Lord holds them by the hand. So when we make an error, when we make a mistake, when we, even as pastors, we made mistakes in the, along the life of the church, the Lord just kept holding us. He had a plan for us. You know, not getting in sin, but if you're, you, there's some things that you wish you wouldn't have done that weren't sin, right? The Lord just holds you. And so when we have those regrets, we kick ourselves, we beat ourselves up, the Lord's not that. He's, he's delighting. He's like, ooh, I wonder what I can bring out of that. Let me see what I can do. Let me see what I can work out. Let me see how I can turn that to good for you. Amen? He's working all that. And so when you, when you stumble, don't, don't fall. Get up. Amen. Get up. Amen? The Lord's holding you by 
the hand. So God only takes care of the godly and guides the godly. I love this, of this third one. He blesses the godly. Verse 25. I love this. I'm going to read this one. Y'all, y'all can't have all my verses today. Once I was young, and now I'm not as young. Yet I've ne- I'm st- I still think I'm young, so I'm just going to go with that. Yet This was David saying he was, he's old. Yet I've never seen the godly or abandoned or their children begging for bread. The godly always give generous loans to others, and their children are a blessing. I love the perspective in these verses. You know, so many times when, when things were difficult, I'd go to these verses and I'd pray them over our family. I'd pray them over the church folks. I love this. When I was young and now I'm old, I've never seen the godly forsaken. Now listen, you may have instances you say, well, it looks like the godly were forsaken. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. God's watching out. Amen. He's watching out. Sometimes the hard, to- hard part and the hard times is just staying in your walk with God. Not getting away from the basics, amen? It's easy to, it's easy to give him the silent treatment. It's easy to stop going to church. It's e- you're just going to show him. Remember, he's delighting in you. Oh, you're going to try that. Now just stay in the walk. Stay in your walk. Stay with him, Amen? He'll bless you in ways you didn't even know to ask for. Don't let the things of life get you thrown off. Just stay in it. God takes care of, guides, blesses the godly. The fourth one here, he keeps the godly safe. Verse 28, for the Lord loves justice and he never abandons the godly. He will keep them safe forever. So this is an eternity mindset. But the children of the wicked will die. The godly will possess the land and will live there forever. The godly offer good counsel. They teach right from, war, from wrong. Isn't that awesome? Amen. It's interesting in this chapter how many times David talks about possessing the land. Now, historically, I don't have time to go into this, but historically, this was hundreds of years after the children of Israel were led out of Egypt, rescued by, by God through Moses, brought to the promised land, and, and, and you know, they didn't possess it all right away. They, it, took, it took some time. But David just talked about possessing the land. You may not be thinking about property, but God's got a dream for you to possess. Amen. There's some things that God's put in your heart. There's some things that he wants for you, that you want for you, that you know are in line with what he wants for you. Don't give up on that dream. Amen. You're going to possess the land. Amen. And so just just hold on to that. Verse 31, they made God's law their own. What does that mean? That makes making God's word, the Bible, part of your very being. It's who you are. A pastor used to say when you, when, when, something like, you know, when you, when, when, you, when you squeeze me and you beat me into bloody pulp, I'm still going to be crying out Jesus. And that's the same kind of thing. You just got the word in you. When, when troubles happen, what comes out? It should be the word. By the way, it can't come out if it's not in you. That's why we put it in when we don't think we need it, so it's there when we do need it. Amen? So they will never slip from his path. Why? Because who, who, what's in us is from him. The wicked shall wait in ambush for the godly, look, looking for an excuse to kill them. But the Lord will not let the wicked succeed or let the godly be condemned when they are put on trial. And David's just saying, I've been through some stuff. 
I've just seen God over and over. He, he's a deliverer. God's kept me. And you say, I've been through some stuff, but yet here you are. We've all been through some stuff. Life puts you through stuff. It's not God being mad at you. Sometimes it's just people being stupid. And I mean, you know, sometimes that was us. You know, we just, we just think we know better. And we don't. So then we just, that doesn't make us mad at God. We just get up and we keep going. Amen? The only thing to, that's safe to do in tough times is to continue to trust God. Just keep trusting God. So, so how do we live facing all we face with God's perspective? Let me give you several things here in this last section of the message. Living with perspective. First of all, trust the Lord and do good. When life is hard, when things are not going your way, when you don't know what to do, Psalm 37, 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Verse 27, turn from evil and do good and you will live in the land forever. Now, I know it's, I know it's temptation for me and I don't know maybe what the temptation is for you, but when you think you're serving God and yet it's not going right, Sometimes we try to get what we think we belongs to us just by doing some evil. Doing others wrong. I'm going to get what I want, what I want, because, you know, one of the biggest things that will get you in trouble is you think you deserve something. And entitlement mentality, mentality will get you in trouble. Right? So trust in the Lord and, 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 and just keep doing good. Then you'll live safely in the land. Then you're going to prosper. Now, the interesting thing about every one of these verses I'm going to give you here is every one of them is about something with the Lord. And it's interesting, he uses the language here, the Lord. It's not just God. It's the Lord. Some people say, well, I have a relationship with God. But is Jesus your Lord? Is he your leader? And if the only time he's your Lord is when you agree with him, he's not your Lord. How many of you ever thought God's been wrong? I'm, I'm sure he messed up a whole bunch of times in my life. Because it didn't go the way I thought it should go. And I just thought it had to be God. I had a verse on it. I was standing on it. I knew this had to be God, but it went a different way. Well, then is he still going to, am I still going to, let him lead in the middle of that when I think it should have been different according to what I saw in the word? That's how you know he's Lord. You just let him be Lord. So um, he's got to be Lord of all or he's, he's Lord of none of it. Now, God, thankfully, doesn't just throw that all on us at once. Life, a lifetime is a, is a journey where we're, he's just showing us, okay, let me be Lord of this now. Let me lead you in this area now. Let me lead you in that. His, his, his grace is sufficient in every step of lordship. But the idea is we don't want to just view him as God or view him as Lord. We want to let him be the Lord. Amen? He calls the shots. Amen? Turn to somebody and say, God calls the shots. In my life. Now, the promises are here are for those who let the Lord be Lord. You can't control the future, Right? You can't will things into existence, right? But, but the Lord, you just let him be your master 
and your leader. So what David does here is he invites us to focus on what we can do instead of what we can't do. Some of us get grumpy about what we can't do and what hasn't happened. I'm first in line. I can do that real easily. Over the life of the church, I did it way too much. But what I want to tell you is that when God began to deal with me about, I, I just need to trust him and do good, life got a whole bunch simpler. I can't control everything, and I barely can get that done. Trust the Lord and do good, so focus on that. Amen? You know, um, there's many things that seem impossible. In the life of his place, many things have, have seemed impossible. You know, we got this building and, and it, was a, it was a mess of a building. How are we going to get it upgraded? How are we going to pay off debt? How are we going to reach our community? All those kinds of things. And we just kept trusting the Lord and doing good. Amen? He took care of it all. Here's the second thing. Delight in the Lord. Y'all read that verse. Delight in the Lord. Read it again. So what does that mean? Does that mean in worship you just get all happy? I'm just delighting in you today, Lord. Actually, it, it means this. In the Hebrew, the word delight there is the word anag. It doesn't mean to take joy or to be happy around. It's not what it means. It means, listen to this, be dainty, delicate, and soft. That's interesting, isn't it? In other words, this is a heart verse. This is a heart verse, right? See, if your heart is open, soft, tender, then you're going to get the desires of your heart. First, he must have your heart before he can give you the desires of your heart. Amen? So when we go through tough times, what's the first thing that happens? For many of us, we get hard. I'm not ever going to let somebody hurt me like that again. Some of you, and we have people here all the time that come and they've been through a whole bunch of church hurt. Well, that's unfortunate, but what's, your, what's, what's happened to your heart? By the way, many of them, they get healed here. That's what I love. But God wants your heart soft and delicate and pliable. When you go through something hard, don't get hard. Get tender towards God. Get tender towards God. And if your heart is soft to him, even the desires of your heart that you think are in line with him but aren't actually, he can mold that and he can apply that. And so, and, and so you'll end up where he has given you a desire to be. Amen? You know, for many years, and actually when we launched a church, I came out of a mega church. I thought we were going to be a mega church. I was very disappointed when we didn't be. I had a graph. I had a chart. I had an Excel file. <laughs> I had it all graphed. I knew, I knew when we were going to be where, right? I had a plan. Actually, it was probably a lotus. Some of, you, some of y'all know lotus way back in the day. I don't really dream of that anymore. I dream of, and, and, and I believe we are, 
pastoring a healthy church that just continues to reach people and make disciples and do more of that. that that's, that's, but God had to, had to work my heart. I had to keep it soft. I had to keep it pliable. And so that, that's, that's really, we're, we're about just several things. We're, we're, we want to pray for the community. We want to help people to know God, not only know about God, but know him. We want people to find freedom, right? Through our small groups and discover their purpose through Growth Track. By the way, just a reminder again, you can sign up at the connection point or on the notes page for Growth Track if you haven't been through that. And you can begin to make a difference by serving on a team. You begin to walk out your purpose, understand your spiritual gifts, do it in the context of a team. Amen. You're going to learn about yourself. You're going to get better. We, we, we're, we're helping people learn to, to give the first. What does that mean? Give the, give the tithe to God. That's God's plan for reaching the world, is giving through the local church. And it's so much more. But, but we all have a part to play in a healthy church. I'm really passionate about seeing people plugged in. I know that there's a season for many people. It's like you're, you're healing and you're, you're sitting and we get that. But then there's a time when you move back into serving again because your heart is tender and it's soft towards the things of God. And by the way, you'll be healthier when you're doing that. Amen? So, so the, the third thing, let's, let's move past uh, the heart here, is commit all you do to the Lord. Psalm 37, 5, commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him and he'll help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Amen. Sometimes we just say, God, come in and, you know, bless my mess. You know, just bless what I'm working on. But instead of getting his plan. So a better way to do that, and, and this is something you can do every day. God, I just commit my, my plans for today to you. Notice what it says. Commit everything you do, trust him, and he's going to help you. Got a big meeting, got a big sales call. God, I just trust you today that on these sales call, I'm, I'm going to represent you well. I'm going to, I'm going to give good value to my customers. I, I'm, going to, I'm, I'm going to know how to navigate these conversations. I've told this story, many, this kind of thing many times, but first for you, I was in, in Houston. I had a job at a major public accounting firm, and, and I, you know, I'm a little country boy from southern Minnesota, southern boy from southern Minnesota, and I, I was overwhelmed driving my 69 Pontiac Catalina with 150 thousand miles around the Houston area. All the Mercedes and the BMWs in the Westheimer area were parting my, their path for my old blue banged up Pontiac. Amen. But I'd pray my heart out on the way to the job. I'd just be praying scripture after scripture after scripture because I knew that it was God that had gotten me here and I knew that I needed, I was committing my plans to the Lord. Do that. It'll be a blessing in your life. And here's a huge one for me. Number four, be still. Everyone say, be still. still. Not impatient, for the Lord will help you. Easy to get impatient. Verse nine, be still in the presence of the Lord. Wait patiently for him to act. You ever been tempted to get ahead of God? Ah, just wait patiently. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Ooh, stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Don't lose your temper. It only leads to harm, for the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. What does that mean? Receive what God's promised you. That's what he's talking about here. How do we get there in our own strength? No. 
We're still in the presence. It doesn't mean you're not moving. It doesn't mean you're not taking ground. But you're, you're just resting in the presence of God. Amen. God, you're with me. You're in me. I, I, I'm, there's so much we can't make happen on ourselves. Right. By ourselves. Yes. It's his strength, his timing, not ours. Amen. And regardless of what happens, here's number five. Put your hope in the Lord. Read verse 34. Read the first sentence of verse 34 and then stop. All right, so put your hope in the Lord. How do you know you put your hope in the Lord? The second part of that verse. Travel steadily along his path. What happens when you get hopeless? You quit, you give up, you go backwards. You go on pause, you go on mute, you gaslight God, ghost him, no, ghost him, whatever those words are nowadays, put him on red, there we go, I ain't talking to you anymore, right, I got to talk to my social media consultant over here and get all my language figured out, but you know, you guys can help me out here, but we just, we're just not going to, you know, but no, just, just travel steadily along his path. Growing up on the farm, um, my dad hired a guy by the name of George. And George was probably 60 years older than me. Yeah, he's probably maybe even close to 70 years older than me. But he worked all day out there in the heat in the farm. And we'd get in a grain bin and have to shovel grain out of that bin. And I'm over there going, I can't do that today. Panting. We'll just go with that. And he's over there. Never stop, just steadily shoveling away. And some of us are like I was as a kid. I'm just in a hurry, in a hurry, in a hurry. And old George just taught me, just steady. Just steady. That's, that's what the psalmist is saying here. Just travel steadily along his path. He will honor you by giving you the land. Again, fulfillment of the promise. You will see the wicked destroyed. I've seen the wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in its native soil. But when I looked again... They were gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. Look at those who are honest and good, for a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. But the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. Notice this. Notice how this chapter is summed up in these next two verses. Verse 39 and 40. The Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them. Rescuing them from the wicked, he saves them and they find shelter in him. Isn't it refreshing that when Jesus is our Lord, he's watching over us and however it goes day to day, we're going to be standing at the end and we're going to be standing with him. Isn't that awesome? So what do we do? We just live, live with, with God's perspective on life. That's what we do. We just live with his perspective. Let's bow our heads this morning. Y'all have been a great help to me. I appreciate that. But uh, maybe some of you today, you'd say, Pastor, I, I need some perspective. My perspective hasn't been what it needs to be. And, and so I want to I pray for you. I, I'm, I'm actually going to ask you to just do something that we haven't done a lot of here. But if you say, Pastor, I need perspective in my life in a new way, would you just lift your hands? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just, just hold your hands up. I need some new perspective. Anybody else?
Anybody else? Just hold your hands up. Father, in Jesus' name, you see these hands. Many, many hands. Lord, I've got both up. I need perspective too. Lord, I pray that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would give us your perspective. Lord, help us to, to, to know that you're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And you know the beginning from the end. Lord, we just thank you that you'll help us to steadily, travel steadily along your path. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I, I want you to, I'm, I'm going to do something special today. If you'd say, you know, I, I, I feel like we're supposed to do this as a church today. Uh, we're 28 years old, but I, I just want to consecrate us as a church to the Lord for this next year and beyond. Amen? And if you want to be a part of that, just lift your hands up. Just say, I want to consecrate my life to the Lord for this next year. Just lift your hands up. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just thank you today. We give you our lives. This is your church. It's his place. It belongs to Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you that you're working in our lives. And Lord, we just, we just dedicate ourselves to you. We just thank you that, that the, the latter days are, are going to be greater than the former days. Father, that you have great things that have yet to be revealed, yet to be accomplished. Father, we declare victory in people's lives like we've never seen it before. Father, people coming to you like never before. People getting set free like never before. God, I thank you that you're working. Father, I thank you for those that have been here for years. Lord, I thank you for Kim. Stood by me all these years when I'm in the knucklehead and I haven't done it right. Lord, for her mother, Kay. Been there all the for our kids, Spencer and Bailey, and now their spouses. Lord, I just thank you. Little Jameson. Lord, I just thank you for all of them. Father, help us to live the way you want us to in the days ahead. See your glory. See your victory in the land of the living. Lord, we praise you for that. Just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe you're here today. And you can put your hands down. And you're just saying, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I'd like to begin one today. I know I've been doing my own thing. I know that I've been calling him God, but he's never really been my Lord. I've never really asked Jesus to forgive my sins and to work in my life. But I want to do that today. That's you. I want you to lift your hand. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Just lift your hand up. Anybody else? I, you're not where you need to be and you want to give your life to him. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Let's pray this together. Say this with me. Say it with those who've already made this decision. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to make me a new person from the inside out. God, I turn away from that old life and I turn to you. God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. That you raised him from the dead. And God, that he ever lives. Seated at your right hand. Making intercession for me. So Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. I surrender to you today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate that today?